welcome in to CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. And he's back, the man in the middle, Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. Uh, that was very good to hear. Uh, good to see you, Herb. Good to be song, seen. Hi, son. How you feeling? Son? Um, I'm feeling perfect. Um, that was not a thing. You shouldn't uh, get COVID, people. Get your uh, booster shot if you want. Well, and I'm glad you're feeling better because, you know, if you weren't, it would be very concerning that you're sitting right next to me. Yeah. Uh, we are being produced today by Sarah. Hi. Welcome back, Herb. Thank you, Sarah. And uh, shout out to everyone hanging out in the chat. We got uh, Jimmy uh, who's saying happy Monday. Usually people don't say happy Monday. This is the what? This is the first time in three weeks we've all done a show together? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's been Hello. Great. As Thin Lizzy used to say, the cowboy song. Great song. Oh, and uh, the boys are back, back in town. Yeah, yeah, I love the I love cowboy song. It, they do. So uh, good. Cowboys. The, the, I like the, the live version of Cowboy. Oh, cowboy yeah. Song live and Dangerous. In. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very, very, very cool. Good stuff. Uh, hit that thumbs up button for uh, the cowboy song. And, do it for Phil Lynott, guys. And for us being back in, in, in studio <laughs> together. Uh, we got uh, some trade talk on Yoan Mankata and Aloy Jimenez stemming from the winter meetings. Then we're going to open up the mailbag, which wasn't. Super full, I'll be honest with you. So uh, you People know. are Christmas shopping, man. Yeah. This, this is the time of year when Santa's bag is full, which means our bag right. less so. Our so. usual guy, AJ, is like doing things and enjoying life. Disney. Like a jerk. Yeah, enjoy. Have you guys been to Disney? Mm-mm. Which one? I mean, yes, yes, have I've you been, been to both. Uh, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, well. I've not been to either of those places. <laughs> but yes. I've never been. Which one do you got a favorite then, if you've been to both? They are... Horse apiece? I like... I guess I'd say I'd like the California one better because it's like more historic, you know. There's still some stuff there that was like there in the 50s, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they're both very crowded and very expensive, but uh, yeah, uh, if I had to pick one, I'd say California. I think I've missed that boat. I don't know if I'm gonna have kids in the future. If I do, I would assume we'll go to Disney World and Orlando. But yeah, when I was a kid, we were you know into money or anything like that, so we never went. And I'm not a Disney adult, so. Not going. Yeah, Courtney might be. Uh, ooh, I don't. Know. I mean, I said, yeah. uh, enjoy yourself. <laughs> if, if I ever got labeled a Disney adult, I don't know if I could uh, continue with life. Hey, uh, I won't yuck their yum, but it's no. Not for I'm me. not trying to yuck their yum. I'm just but saying, for you, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not currently that, and it'd, it'd be a very odd turn to see that for myself. And yeah, I've never gone, so I, I don't know. Disney's not for me. The White Sox are though. We're going to talk about the White Sox. I'm um, a. I'm a great Six Flags Great America adult. No, hell yeah. Let's go. You got a favorite ride there? Uh, Shockwave, of course. The hell's Shockwave? It's an old ride. It's, it was, uh, there was the great, this, the Eagle, and then the Shockwave were when I was a kid. It was like really fast. I think at the time, the fastest roller coaster in Great America. I think it's been surpassed multiple times since then, but Shockwave was awesome. I'm a Raging loops? Bull fan. Yeah. The Raging Bull. Oh, yeah. I'm a classic. The movie. That- is that no. I've never seen that movie. What's the one where you got to stand up and the thing is like right on your crotch? Oh, the uh, Iron Wolf or whatever or it's called. Ugh. Iron keep, Wolf, Superman, you're, you're lying down. Oh, yeah. that Okay, yeah. Um, what'd you say? Which one did you say? Which one oh, was Raging my favorite? Bull? Yeah, yeah Raging I can't, Bull. I can't ride that one. That one's too scary for me. Uh, but yeah, it's That's a movie like with uh, Robert De Niro. Uh, it, some yes. people say it's good. I don't know. It's really I haven't good. seen it. I've never it's even really heard good. of that. <laughs> I also haven't been to Six Flags. So. Uh, you ever been to Six Flags? No. Right up there in Kearney. I'm aware of where it is. I've driven by it many times. <laughs> um, you, not a big roller coaster guy. Yeah, yeah. I also I don't I like I, if I'm gonna go to a park, give me a theme park over an amusement park. It's kind yeah. of bugs or national park. Well, yeah, that's an actual park, <laughs> yes. but yeah, I'm, yeah, one with rides, I guess. Yeah, um, just don't touch the bison. No, they'll gore you. Oh. The demons good. And if somebody does gore you, please inside. somebody film that so I can watch it. What are you guys talking about? Oh. We're going a mile a minute here. Okay. Is that National Lampoon? No, no just okay, people right. going to national parks and touching bison. <laughs> oh, okay. All the damn time. Right. I don't know. Stop. Why. Did you know, I, I, my, not my favorite because people get hurt, but the, you know, uh, Yellowstone, they have all those famous, famous geysers. Yeah. Um, and usually, you know, uh, you know, when you see a fountain, it's like, you know, temp, you know controlled water. Thing about geysers, it's uh, natural. Um, yeah. So you can't really. <laughs> Thank contr- you for the newsflash. Well, <laughs> some people don't get it and go near these natural geysers and, you, you know, get <laughs> severely get burned. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what are you doing? See me that film, too. I like when people do dumb things and they get punishment immediately. It's great. <laughs> 
Yikes. Um, all right. <laughs> Let's talk about trading Yon Moncada and Aloy Jimenez. Uh, Stemming back from the winter meetings, uh, you asked, Chris gets a question about the ability to trade Yoan or Aloy Jimenez. Obviously, we've seen some rebranding for Yoan Moncada, the ever so versatile Yoan Moncada who could play third base, left field, right field, uh, even first base. Remember that? I had totally almost forgotten about oh, that. I won't, I won't let Chris yeah. get that. That's something stupid that Chris gets. That and the elephant in the room comment, he should never be able to live those comments down unless Yoan Moncada plays like 50 games in first base. Anyways, Vinny, uh, what did Chris Getz have to say? What was the, what was even the question? Yeah. So again, you, when you, when you talk to, uh, general managers or, or, or anybody, uh, you know, in my line of work, you don't usually really like to specify things because then they get into the specifics of the specific question you ask. So you try to keep it general as possible. And so I just said, would the White Sox be open to a trade in which they would have to pay salary for in order to make it happen, right? We've seen uh, their, their moves thus far this offseason have been cost-effective, for lack of a better term. Uh, and you know, is the idea of paying someone a big salary that they might be making soon uh, in 2024. Part of that salary in order to make a trade happen, is that something that the White Sox would consider? Chris Getz said, quote, we're open-minded. We certainly are. You might have to be creative with any acquisition. We've considered moves like that. Obviously, it's got to make sense for both sides, close quote. So not too much to go off of there, but I think it is just another example of never say never. Don't take something off the table. Um, There are two guys who we put in the headline who we've been talking about for a while that maybe the White Sox would want to move them if they if if it if it all lined up I think the idea though is if they're going to have to pay some of the upcoming 24 million dollars that Yohan Moncada is going to make in 2024 in order to get him on another team to make a trade happen it better make sense for them with the players that would be coming back and I get it and I'm glad that he's open to it and the White Sox are open to it but it if you are willing to trade Yoan Moncada, I wouldn't have had the people who have left since the um, since August with uh, Kenny Williams and uh, Rick Hahn do what they did. Kenny Williams specifically trading Jake Berger away. And so if you're willing to do that and you knew you're willing to do that and pay some of that salary, you better have a replacement. There's really nobody who can play third base besides Yoan Moncada on this current roster that you'd be like, Hey, yeah, give him 150 games. So I, I'm hey, I'm in. If you're gonna trade Yoan Moncada, because the 24 million that he's gonna be making, there's really no way he's gonna be living up to that money. So you know, a team that is cheap or inexpensive doesn't really like to spend money. Cheap is kind of a harsh word for the White Sox. They do spend money, but I think they just spend it poorly. Um, if you're gonna have that, cool, fine. But you trading that guy away lost all the ability for you to trade Yoan Moncada away because now you have a hole at third base and who's it going to be filled up by Ramos eventually Colston Montgomery eventually who cares I mean I, did, did, I do can't. they need a respectable third baseman they're going to lose 90 plus they games are again. but like then don't move, don't trade Jake Berger away like well what? here to, to that point and then really the overarching idea of I think what makes this a conversation worth having between us right now, other than the fact that it's December and nothing has happened on the free agent front quite yet. I missed you guys. It's just to convert. Right, exactly. Um, I I think what you're looking at is Chris Getz very much trying to turn a page to start a new era to, as we've mentioned over and over again, create a new identity for this organization. When you bring up Herb, why would you let... Kenny and Rick do the do the deals that they uh, did when Chris when Chris Getz might be considering this kind of move. Well, Chris Getz wasn't in charge. the 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 team that that Rick and Kenny built heavily featured Yoan Moncada and Aloy Jimenez as key cogs in that. Featured Tim Anderson as a, as a key part of that too. Liam Hendricks. Those guys have since gone, and I think that that showed that Chris Getz is ready to maybe move on and 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 do something that's different and do something uh you know again not a complete tear down rebuild kind of thing they don't want to talk about that but the same kind of idea where you are creating something brand new and so i'm not saying they would just pay 10 or 12 or 15 million dollars just to make yoang mokata go away i think they recognize the talent and they'd be fine if he were to stick around because they've already paid him Mm. but uh the idea being that 
there is maybe a different direction that this team can go in, and you've seen it already in unlo- in, in, in making some tough decisions to move on to, from some pretty important pieces. If Dylan Cease gets traded, that's another example of that that we've heard, obviously, a lot more buzz about than potential trades involving these guys. But if he really does want to just create a brand new thing in that clubhouse, a brand new thing on that roster... Moncada and Jimenez should be considered candidates to be traded, but of course there are hurdles to getting that kind of deal done. And I think when you hear that Chris Getz and the White Sox would be willing to pay some unspecified amount of money if the deal makes sense, it shows a willingness to move on from these guys who maybe they don't think are part of their future. So long term, at least. It's tough to rewrite history, but I think you're talking about not trading Jake Berger. Mm hmm. Did they fire did Jerry Reinsdorf, not they, did Jerry Reinsdorf fire Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams at the wrong time? Like, looking back at this, when they were 7-21 and 21 in April, like, what is the difference firing them then when you kind of know the season for 2023 is done and over with before such an important date? Like, I know Chris Getz has never run a trade deadline before, but, you know, I think if you're making this type of move – um, and, and knowing that Chris Getz was the guy, because we assumed that he probably did, mm-hmm. like, should Chris Getz been running this show at the trade deadline so they had more of an idea of where to guide this ship? Yes. I mean, that is a thing where how long after the trade deadline did they fire Kenny and Rick? It was like a week? It was not long. Yeah. So Because yeah. the Jer- trade deadline was August 1st, and Getz was introduced on August 31st. Yeah, and so it's like, you knew this guy. August 23rd. These guys are kind of on the ropes. They mm. didn't take 20 days. It's like, mm, 20 days. These guys are out now. He was thinking about that coming up. August the, 22nd. Yeah, so he was thinking about that coming up. And so at minimum, he could have just told the guys, you're not moving anybody unless it's unloading salary to help this team out in the future. Like, if you're going to be willing to trade Yoan Mankata and eat some money, I'm in. But also have a person who everybody loves – who was showing production for the first time as a major leaguer on the squad. So you can come back next year and say, at least we have this youngish third baseman. that's not going to cost us a lot of money. And now we have a plan moving forward. I'm not going to let these two people who I'm releasing after this control my team's future, which theoretically they did. They controlled the White Sox third base future for years to come by trading Jake Berger away. I said, I'm still good with the trade. I'm still fine with Jake Eater. I think he will develop into something but if you're looking at Juan Mancada and you're willing to trade him, and I hope they do, it's not congruent. The moves don't make sense. And I know they're two different um, regimes, so I won't blame this on Chris Getz, but I will blame it on Jerry Reinsdorf for allowing that to happen. And I know those two guys were like, we're fine. We're not going to be moving on. We're not going to get fired. It was a surprise to all of us when they did get fired. So I don't blame them for doing moves like they thought they were going to be here for next year. But Jerry Reinsdorf, had to have an inkling that they weren't going to be here next year and why should I let them you know control the team's future when they won't be here yeah I mean I think the key word you used there in that question to us Sean was hindsight right I mean we can we can talk about things in a way because we know how things have played out I think in the moment I don't think Jerry Reinsdorf was expecting to fire Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams on August 1st what changed in those 22 days though I mean I'm that's a great question but I mean that's a that is, you you heard from him how hard it was for him to make that decision because of the personal relationships that he had with those two people. Again, Jerry Reinsdorf was thinks about the White Sox and the people who work for him much differently than you do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, listen, Herb, you have been sitting here for the entire time that we have been a company mm-hmm. talking about your thoughts on where those guys deserve to be because of their job performance, mm-hmm. right? Jerry Reinsdorf thought about it much differently. And so you, it's hard for us to sit here and get inside his head in terms of what he was thinking on day one versus day 30 versus day 60, you know, and so on and so forth. Sean, you say what, you know, hey, by the end of April, everybody thought this was done. I mean, the White Sox were not that far out of first place for the vast majority of the first half of the season. Like, it would you you might have sat there and laughed i might have sat there and been realistic watching the team so when we heard pedro and rick say over and over again hey this could still turn around this could still play out in our favor but from a mathematics standpoint it very much could have because no team was running away 
anyway, it's all hindsight. And I guess my point being that it's very clear to me by what Jerry said to us in that in that interview session that he made that decision when he did and he didn't make it a moment before. You know, and so if you're going to say well, why could they, how could they possibly have let them trade Jake Berger if they knew that Chris Getz would be thinking about considering trading Yohan Moncada? It, it, maybe this is an indictment of them, but obviously those things were not being thought about at the, at the same time. Yeah, I guess I'm more just interested in Jerry's thought process because you see what Chris Getz has done as general manager, and I think a lot of it has been improvements over what Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams has done. I, I think that, you know, I've always focused on wanting more depth for this team, and I think that they're trying to find that oh, yeah. throughout this offseason, and it has been pretty. Uh, you know, a lot of rejects getting second chances, but hey, I mean, there's there's probably still uh, some magic left. Um, it's much more than what the previous regime had done, and I the starting pitching thing so, is not that bad, but it's not that good, but they're doing what the two people before them should have done and stock this team up with a bunch of arms and see what what sticks and it's not over yet too um and you talked about uh, misallocation of budget uh, i mean again signing all of the guys that they did to fill out that bullpen uh when it might not have been exactly necessary because you see all those guys off the team at this point and yes they've gotten some pieces like Corey lee uh for for some of those uh people oh, yeah uh, like kendall graven um but i mean it's it's a really thin bullpen now at this point um but just to push back a little bit, at what point did you think that they were actually like in it? Because they were nine games. Me personally, yeah, or Pedro like, and Rick? Hmm. <laughs> that's the that's the distinction I was trying to make, right? But like, I I understand, but Rick Hahn has to at that point keep saying that they're in because if not, that probably makes it easier to fire him. Um, if your team is failing and you're kind of thinking, oh well, this team's done. It's kind of a bad look if the GM goes out and same for the manager, the new manager saying, eh, kind of screwed the pooch. Oh, yeah, sure, I mean, that's fine. I guess I'm I just mean, saying, like, for them to get up there and say, we have a chance, they weren't lying. They maybe, they maybe no. were grasping at straws, but they weren't, they weren't lying. They, and I think that, you know, to make it... And, and also, too, how many times have we, have we, did we talk about the fact that they were, they were stuck? They were stuck in that situation, right? They had already invested the money. They had already built the team, and they had already built the machine, and the machine was not functioning. It's not like they could just go out and say, all right, well, we're going to do a new machine here on the fly. This one didn't work. It's what ended up happening, but they had to fire Rick and Kenny in order to do it. Rick and Kenny built that team. That was the team that they had said was going to be a championship contender. They had to believe that it was going to turn around because – that's what they just spent the last seven years doing. That's true, but I mean, <laughs> even if Chris Getz is at the the helm, maybe it's easier for them to trade Dylan Cease, and then you you have two and a half years uh, of control to trade Cease, and maybe that's a, a time to even capitalize uh, on on that market. I, I, maybe just the idea of what they're doing. Maybe it's a, a little bit more gas on the pedal at the trade deadline because they still were busy and, and made obviously a lot of trades. So to f wrap up on Jimenez and Moncada, it's easier to I think take money and get. Jimenez off the team. He's around what thirteen million dollars. Um, so if you ate like, you know, three or whatever, and got them uh, a team to pay ten million dollars for Aloy Jimenez for a DH, like that seems worth it. Like I, I think like it's not going to be a massive amount for a team to want Aloy. Um, you even saw with the Dodgers, like they included Manuel Margot, not because Manuel Margot is going to change the Dodgers' fortunes in tw uh, twenty twenty four, but because the Rays don't have to pay that money. Um, and the Dodgers don't care about that. So the Mankata one, I think, is probably, you know, you have to eat half a to lot. more than. You'd have to max Stassi that contract. I think if one of these guys would be traded, it's probably Alloy just because of the easiness of making that salary happen. Well, and not only that, but even we've even heard, again, minimal, but we've heard very, we have heard something here and there, be it at the deadline or be it over the winter now, someone is interested in him, someone is interested in him. And it might be passing. They might not be interested in paying him 13, you know what I mean? It, but that's something, right? We have not heard anything uh, in terms of Moncada, not that we should expect to. Obviously, he just had a very bad season. He's had trouble staying healthy. He's making a very much, a very lot of money next year. Um, but... Teams want guys who have potential. Teams want team, you know, teams will look high and low for improvements. And I'm not going to say that anybody's going to, you know, trade the farm for Yoan Moncada, but um, if, 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 the, if it makes sense, remember, that's what Chris kept saying. Maybe they do want to throw in a prospect that the White Sox are like, 
wow, we can't we can't turn down having that guy be a cornerstone piece for us moving forward just because maybe he's blocked in a certain other team. Yeah, maybe I, I, this might. I, I don't think it's very likely that either of them get traded this offseason, but I think it's it's worth talking about the possibility of it, not just because of what Chris said, but because of what Chris is doing in trying to create something really new and, and, and bring in certain types of players uh, to this team. And I think some team is going to look like we're going to say when we're doing a preview next year, if, if Aloy's still in the team, man, if Aloy does that 2022 second half, we got a player. And so for 13 million, you don't think somebody's going to jump at that? I think it might be a one-for-one one deal or one for minor leaguers. If You don't think you have to pay that much for Aloy to go to some other team because $13 million in the grand scheme isn't that much money, especially if you get the hitter that you're expecting. And that's what the, It's what the White Sox just gave up to, to, to let Tim Anderson go away. Yeah, and so it's like— they, I mean, they could have paid Tim Anderson $13 million. Could have. They didn't. And they didn't. To. Yeah, and so you can realistically say to a team, and a team can be like— this is our missing piece. This is our designated hitter, or right fielder, left fielder, whatever you want to put them. And $13 million to pay for a 27-, 28-year-old guy who's going to hit a bunch of home runs, it's not a hard price to pay. And we'll trade a double-A guy who's coming up to get that if that's our last piece. It's just the, it, it seems it seems very difficult right now, I, I think, to look at what, how the offseason's played out to this point and find a lot of teams that are willing to take on a lot of money. We've seen that we've obviously seen the Dodgers do it. The Braves are making quite a habit of just what they're doing, bringing paying to bring in guys so they can get another guy and then pay to make him go away. I guess they've got some cash down there in Atlanta to burn or something like that. But uh, but that's been few and far between, and you're seeing a lot more because maybe of the TV situations with a lot of these teams. A lot of teams may be throttling back a little bit, um, and so perhaps that really reduces the number of even potential partners, people that Chris could call up and even have these conversations with. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it would be hard to even kind of start formulating a list in which you would point and say, oh, maybe they would want him. Maybe they would want him kind of thing. Uh, the only team that, that really would come to mind for me is the team that just traded their third baseman earlier this winter. That's Seattle. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of young pitchers that the White Sox are probably interested in. From what you've seen, it sounds like a lot of teams are interested in those young pitchers and they've so far held on to them but um that's a team that maybe is looking for some offense and if you could sell them that Yoan Moncada could produce some offense maybe there's a partner there but I think you're right it's still very unlikely that we would see a trade just because how much of that money do you have to eat and at what point does it stop making sense to quote talking heads well and yeah I think that's a, that's the thing with Seattle is it's going to be they need you to pay twenty four million, uh, <laughs> and we'll pay five hundred thousand. Uh, like that—that's the issue with Seattle. They're cutting back uh, extreme. I mean, they—they they missed that playoffs, and I don't know if there's something up with their TV dealer. They—they they have root. root sports. Yeah. I don't think they're part of the diamond thing. I don't know. Um, all Just RSNs are not doing well. Real quick though, but we've seen the we've seen the D backs. The D backs are their oh, TV's wow. gone. And they keep signing guys. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I think Kylie McDaniel of ESPN projected there's $2 billion left in contracts still to be given out uh, in Major League Baseball. So I think it's part of it, too, is like... Oh, this winter with yeah, the, the right. free agents who are still around. Um, Yamamoto's a big part of that. Right. And, and that's going to be decided by June 4, January 4th. So we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, but real quick, like, what team is convincing them, themselves that Aloy Jimenez is going to be that? Think I about... Mean, these in these teams like the Reds who are think they might be in it and they're needing a designated hitter outfield type bat that can hit the ball over the fence where 13 million is not that much to pay for a guy if he does turn into the person I'm not saying it's going to happen I'm just saying like those teams that don't have the top end money and want to shop at the bargain basement and they can say hey we got a young inexpensive player in Loy that is well, not inexpensive though I mean, like million so, for them is very inexpensive. For who? For the Reds? That's uh, so. I mean, again, like teams are paying about like nine and a half million for one war. Yes, um, and that's what Aloy has been worth on average in his five years. So, like, that's an overpay. But in that stadium, in that in that formula, he's got to stay healthy. Understood, a hundred percent understood. But those are the teams that you got to exploit. Those are the teams that you got to say, okay, you want like Aloy Jimenez. You're, you're going to have a power hitter here in Cincinnati. You just lost Joey Votto. I know he wasn't great. You know, you need this type of player in your lineup. And if he's healthy, baby. It sounds like you're talking to the Rockies, not the Reds. <laughs> the Rockies won't do it because they're not, they're like, 
Everybody in the AL and the NOS is doing well. F that. They've got to try. They've got to go. They've got to go up, up to the Rocky Mountains and find a river and mine for gold to pay Jesus. Chris Bryant. Oh my God, <laughs> that was a dumb move at the time. I was like, baby, good job, Chris Bryant. But also, you guys are dumb, Rockies. Like you, your moves don't make sense. You trade away Nolan Arenado a year after the extension, get rid of Trevor Story. It's like, hey, off the injured Chris Bryant, who's not as good. Here's a bunch of money. Get your ass over here. Okay. Uh, I don't know how many players, uh, 202, 202 players, 202 players since 2019 have taken, uh, 1,500 plate appearances out of the 202. Where does Aloy Jimenez rank in home runs? Um, 101 higher. 101 is Yasmani Grandal. 53. 50 lower. 62. You're getting so close. No. 74. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. that'd be wild if it was no, 74. Oh. no, 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 oh, lower. It's there, it's right there. So, 78, 78. I'll accept 78, 75 to uh, 78 have 89. Uh, he is tied with Jorge Polanco, Trevor, He's on the trade block, Trevor Story, mm-hmm. who's been hurt, and uh, Bo Bichette. Oh, the most so, fearsome boundary hunter in the galaxy, yeah. So, uh, that, that's really a big corner outfield DH uh, likeness that he's with uh, four middle infielders. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know, Herb. I, I'm I, telling I, you, when we do our preview know. show, we're going to say, if Aloy does this or that, I'm guaranteeing some teams going to be thinking that same thing. Well, maybe they're not willing to pay $13 million. Maybe the Sox have to pay two or three million of that. So it's a $11, $10 million deal. But I'm guaranteeing somebody's going to fool themselves into thinking, Aloy's the last piece. Aloy's our guy. If he does this, we're going to be in the house. Well, and listen, just as just as the idea of them maybe holding on to Cease until the deadline has been broached, what's the uh, what's wrong with hanging on to Eloy until the deadline? I mean, listen, if they get yes. a deal that makes sense, they'll make it, obviously. But if there are no takers out there, if there is, if this team that Herb is talking about does not exist, keep Aloy and then let Aloy prove it. Let Aloy go out and try to hit 15, 20 homers before the deadline or before the All Star break, and see if anybody is biting them. Who's your favorite? Uh, you were talking about your favorite team in uh, Japan. They might bite it. The carp, the Hiroshima carp. Yeah, they might bite because they're because they're fish. They yeah. bite. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, <laughs> nice. I mean, NC Dinos too. You could do the same thing <laughs> they, with Yon- they bite. <laughs> you do the same thing with Yon Mankata, and uh, you know, if if he has a stretch like he did from August 9th to the end of the season, uh, he's better than Jake Berger, uh, and we saw Jake Berger help out a, a playoff team. So, I mean, Yon Mankata, a 9-11 OPS from August 8th, uh, September uh, to September 30th. Jake Berger, 8-88. So, Yon Mankata was better. So, I mean, hey, come trade deadline, if he's healthy and you know has an OPS of nine, they might not have to eat any money and it's pay like you know ten of the twelve remaining million. Yeah, whatever. Hey, you know, maybe something will happen. Uh, Let's take a break, uh, and then we'll jump into the uh, diehard mailbag. Want to let you know about our friends over at Circa Sports. The Bears, after that horrible, 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 horrible loss on Sunday, are four and a half point favorites. How many horribles? Horrible, 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 horrible. Um, somehow Adam Hogue is still talking to Jake Flanagan about it. I mean, that, that meeting has been going on for four hours. Is he hours. just face down on, or is he, is he on a, uh, uh, therapist couch? He's in the surrender, surrender Cobra, uh, gotcha. pose. Yeah. He's, he's, I don't think he's, he's probably talking about fields. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, they're four and a half point favorites against the Cardinals. Oh, wow. This coming Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, the over under is at 44 and a half. And the best part about Circus Sports Illinois is they are the world's largest sports book, and that you can guarantee yourself that if you're going to be betting four and a half or the over under at 44 and a half, either the over or under, uh, the, the, the spread, the total is all going to be priced at the right price for you. They aim to be offering on their money line or on their uh, menu uh, minus 110. Uh, other sports books might be offering minus 115, minus 120. You're just giving that sports book more money if you have a bet in your mind that think you think is going to cash circa is the place to get the most out of your bet so head over to circa 
Download the app today at circuitsports.com slash Illinois-app. And the best part, too, is there are real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chat bots. So all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circus Sports book at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So again, head to circusportscom slash Illinois-app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or some of you know might have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, text GMB. 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Midtown has four Chicagoland locations, Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the north shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, and Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. Midtown Palatine, Midtown Palatine has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. Listeners can lock in favorable rates if they join before the end of the year, so hurry up. And there's something for everybody at Midtown. Single people, families with kids where it's included in your membership to get some daycare, people looking to make lifestyle changes or holistic wellness. As one of the people who use Midtown say, it is the best and nicest fitness club that they've ever been to. And that is true. They have super luxe locker rooms and wet and dry saunas with premium amenities, amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs, a collection of boutique fitness studios with more than a hundred classes per week, including in your membership. And this isn't gym quality. The spaces are boutique quality. And the class that I took was Les Mills uh, Body Pump, which is in their theater. But they have six other places where you can be in the group class, which how I would get down. Now, they have Midtown is the place for tennis. I grew up in Chicagoland area. Knowing Midtown, this is what they're known for. The best tennis courts and programming in the sport. Midtown has indoor and outdoor tennis pickleball, and paddle tennis. USTA professional quality all the way. What you need to do right now is head over to midtown.com slash CHTO and find out more and schedule a tour with them and find out your nearest Midtown Athletic Club to you. Thanks, Herb. Thank you, Sean. I love Midtown. You do love Midtown. It's beautiful. I've got something I would like to say oh, oh. to the Ooh, to the uh, chat. All right, because I listen. Pe- there's a nice little uh, conversation going on here between our guys <laughs> Shea Fidel and Dustin, who are diving into the whole Eloy situation. And I was like, you know what? I seem to remember on one of these one of these meetings of late, mm-hmm. Chris Katz being asked about Eloy and talking about him. So here's here's this from the GM meetings in Arizona. Here's what Chris Katz had to say about Eloy Jimenez. Quote. We just had a visit with him in the Dominican Republic as a check-in, and he's off and running with his off-season program. He looks really good. He looks motivated and determined. He needs to maintain that. But Eloy's potential with his bat, it's just been lack of consistency, mainly because of missed time. Here we go. Teams are interested. It certainly just has to make sense on both sides. I'm telling you. How do you guys read that? I mean, I, again, I think that means they have to eat some of that money to make it appealing. I mean, I read that there's, he's in the best shape of his life. <laughs> that was what happened last year. Right. And this year's going to be the same. Jesus. But this year, they're keeping tabs on him, though. Calling him, making sure he's doing his workouts and such. Every five, hey, you do that? Plyometrics? That really right, wasn't, cool. I don't Look. know. If, again, like, he had aptidectomy. He played last year. He just wasn't good. Um, well, he played hurt. I mean, the guy's legs, he wasn't running very well all year long. Apparently, second he is, most games of his career. He just appendix, the man. And he played pretty soon after that appendectomy. Yes, too. he did. Yeah, and I think he played all in the outfield. Wasn't it like six straight games in the outfield after his appendectomy? And they're like, like what are you doing? Legs well, because they had by at that point had lost the guy that they thought was going to be their everyday right fielder to being Oof. unable to play baseball. Hmm. So, <laughs> and Victor Reyes never once got a call up. No, and guess once. what? And guess what? Now where is he playing? Overseas. Yeah. He's taking the Eric so twenty, route. So 29 other major league teams weren't impressed with his Charlotte stat line either. <laughs> Just a warm body. That's all I'm saying. Uh, oh, I didn't even see the, the Diamondbacks sign uh, Guriel Jr. They did. Oh, that's what you were, that's what you were talking about. Big deal. All right, cool. It was a three-year deal. What a, yeah, that's the they big got deal. Eduardo Rodriguez, too. They've, they're, 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 they're doing stuff. Well, 42 isn't that big of a they're deal. They're money, man. Um, they got to try. What are they going to do? Just wave the white flag at Otani and that's, that's it? Good Dido song. Um, no love for Dido. I know we know her singing that Eminem <laughs> hook. All right, well, that, I think that's from that one. Okay, yeah, think, that's yeah. from or a, no, an that's existing from, song. No, that's from Thank You. That's okay. from. Anyways, <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I mean the the Aloy thing again. We've we've heard every storyline, and we'll just see if it makes sense. I mean, I, I think it makes sense for them to hold on to him too, and just see what he does in his first three months, and hopefully he stays healthy. And if he does, that probably makes him more appealing than his actual stat line. Like if he's able to post and stay healthy, that probably means like, hey, you know, we got already got a discounted salary at the trade deadline. Maybe we'll take a shot at him at this time. At this point, uh, let's go into the mailbag. Uh, let's do this Dylan Cease one first. Uh, if 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 I named it even that, yeah. Um, nope, not that one. It was the other one. Uh, there we go. Uh, from our guy Kenny Owens. Uh, what team is the favorite to acquire Dylan Cease post Glass now trade? Again, uh, the mailbag wasn't that full. Uh, and uh, Kenny Owens is a real Discord member, and you could join the Discord if you wanted to uh, to make sure that we get a, a full mailback. So, I told you, uh, Sean, it should you just should have just signed your own name. Well, I only needed I only needed two names. I only have two <laughs> fake questions, so it's just uh, I signed one from the Discord chat because they were kind of talking about the topic. S. Anderson and Sean A. Those could have been two, <laughs> or Sean Anderson Severino. Hey, hey, Kenny could, Owens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you could call up your guy, Matt Abedical. So. The question, what was it? Oh, how many teams? What, t- what team is the favorite to acquire Dylan Cease uh, post Glass now trade? Uh, we heard from Bob Nightingale that the Braves and Orioles are currently leading. Um, we also heard that the Reds are possibly Mark, in. Mark Feinstein mentioned them today. Yes. Um, from Mark Feinstein of MLB.com. Uh, how much of the Dodgers' presence? Is there? Do you think that them getting rid of DeLuca and Pepio means that we should exclude them from the Dylan Cease uh, conversation, or is that more if Yamamoto goes to them? I'm not willing to exclude the Dodgers from anything mm-hmm. after the way they've acted so far this offseason. That being said, what Bob Nightingale had to say in his uh, notebook, his very long notebook, I might add, over the weekend. It's you long. Said, this was especially long because he did, had the, all the great reporting on Gary Sheffield, but it was like, I mean, it took me like five minutes just to scroll down to where the White Sox thing was. Anyway. Um, Control F. You can find White Sox. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Um, he said that the White Sox wanted Pepio. And so do the White Sox say, ah, you know, the, the package that we wanted, the, the thing that was going to meet our asking price on Dylan Cease, you don't even have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, listen, the, the, the Dodgers continue to have a very good farm system. I'm sure they could put together a package that would make the White Sox very happy. But if that's who the White Sox were targeting, maybe they shift their attention um, to other young pitching prospects that are similarly intriguing to them uh you know and maybe at this a similar level ready to maybe a little bit more ready to contribute um sooner at a major league level and i don't know if the other teams are just waiting for the yamamoto thing to happen but the orioles are not in that talking neither are the braves so let's move on i don't like the dodgers they have enough and i don't think they're going to be trading for dylan cease anymore because they're in the yamamoto talks they already just got glass now i know they just got uh otani he's not going to be pitching but they already have pretty much a starting rotation that is representative of who they want to be this next year. So I would move on from the Dodgers and deal with the Braves and deal with the the Reds and the Orioles. Those teams seem like they have the players the White Sox won and are ready to deal right now, especially the Braves. Goodness gracious. I think the Dodgers, though, have given up a single player off their top 30 MLB prospects. So, I mean, it's not like... With the, with the, uh, the Yankees trade... Didn't they give up something? Oh, I guess. But I, guess they, they, I think they like, got somebody who they ended up swapping in. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I, I still think they have the ammo to make a trade oh, for Cease. Plenty. I think it's interesting, though, if the White Sox wanted Pepio, does that mean, like, is, is the reason why they ended up going for Glass now because of the extension? Probably. Like, but I, that extension made zero sense to me on the side of the Dodgers. This man's never thrown over 120 innings in a year. Ever. Like, he's been hurt constantly. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has eight, eight stuff when he does pitch. But how are you going to pay a man for five years all that money? And it's ace money. And people are questioning, like, is $27 million a year ace money? Yes. The only pe- Like, eight other people make more money than him as a starting pitcher. So that made no sense to me. But if they want to do that and trade to the that guy because he's willing to sign an extension, which we're Dylan Cease, I don't think he would be willing to sign an extension. You don't get that close. And that's what I was kind of questioning Glass now where you get that close to free agency and you're like, all right, 
I met my thing. But he's back at home. I understand pitchers, they want to make some money, and they're offering $27 million a year. Who mm-hmm. is he to argue, you know? How is he's well, not gonna, probably going to get that on the open market if he goes to a free agency this past next year. A guy especially, that's thrown 100 innings twice. Exactly, especially, yeah, with his lack of innings. But, yeah, let them make that choice. I don't think it will end up well for them, and I would have definitely rather went with uh, Dylan Cease because then uh, imagine like if Dylan Cease after two years doesn't want to sign with the Braves or with the Dodgers, you still have a bunch of players and a bunch of money to go out and sign other players you need. And you've shown Dylan Cease for two years, this is what the Dodgers are all about. Maybe you want to stay here. You know, your agent's down the street in Newport Beach. You could just stay here and be cool. We just gave this man $27 million a year, and he's not half the pitcher that you are. So, yeah, I thought it was a mistake. They jumped the gun. I've, I think they would probably definitely rather have Dylan Cease, but the security of having five years of glass now and understanding that they're trading big-time prospects, but they're going to have that player was probably more comforting to them. Am I crazy to think that Cease could probably get $300 million? I mean, Yamamoto. Eventually, or if he were a free agent today? How old would, in, how in old two would years. he be? Like 29? Starting his... I yeah, mean, I mean... I think he'll get the deal a little bit more than yeah. what Aaron Nola got. Maybe... Really? He's, he, you think he's going to get less than Yamamoto? Yes. He's going to be 29. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if he signs before December 28th. Because <laughs> his birthday's December 28th, so he might, he'll be 29. Uh, he'll, be 20, he'll be 30 if he signs past that. But, uh, I mean, Yamamoto right now is 25. Yeah. Dylan Cease is 27. Dylan Cease has proved that he can be a major league starter. Yamamoto doesn't have that. Glass now just got... 27 AAV for never going over 100 innings, basically. Dylan Cease has a second Cy Young finish, has, what, three straight seasons of 180-plus innings or 160, 50, something like that. But think about the devil's advocate. Other teams are like, you got a lot of innings on that arm. And you never had Tommy John in the majors? Mm, questionable. I know he had one, that, like, in what high school. I'm, I'm telling you that – I'm just Did, giving you the other yeah, I know, side. I know, I know, but, like – they're like, hmm. there was no injury concerns for Glass now. Man can't stay healthy. He just, he he just had a bicep injury. That's why He's I actively was, recovering from a bicep strain. That's why I would not have signed him to that. You were, oh, I agree with you. Sean, to answer your question, could he? Absolutely. Let's, let's see what he does the next two years because that's, that'll be the greatest determinant of, of whether he does or not. Right. Uh, I, I, think, I, 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 don't know, I think I've calculated what he was worth like per war. I think it's like 258 over seven. Uh, is what he would like be worth if you actually extended him right now. Oh, I would do that in a second. Right. In a second. And it's very inexpensive. On the it's, market, it's only I know 37 million a year. I know he, he doesn't want to go there. I mean, her, He's, but not for me. I don't know what, bank, what your bank account looks like. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> if you got an ace, you got a person that's not only just pitching well, like a 2022, but post, that has value everywhere. Like, he has so much value. Like, if I was the White Sox, I would just be throwing out numbers. Like, hey, man, you see the numbers that's going on. What's Aaron Nolan signing for? You like that? Come on, man. Come just on through. Every single day, Dylan Cease wakes up to a new offer in his email. I mean, <laughs> when you got one that you develop yourself, I know he was drafted by the Cubs. Why not keep him? Show the rest of the people in the top down. It's like, this is what we do when you perform well for our team. Not I just don't know. get rid yeah, of you I mean, at the end of the year uh, when you're trying to make money. You're not, we're not Tampa. Where you see what they do. Do you not think that Dylan Cease is going to be, like, if, do you not think you're going to be in contention at all in the next seven years? Like, I mean, that's also the way I'm thinking of, of it. Like, I mean. Then wrap up shop. You make that deal by the seventh year. I mean, everyone's even making $40 million per year. Uh, and, and, yeah, the, the, you bring up the arms thing, you know, the the worry about, you know, if, if teams are worried about how much uh, innings he's thrown. I think Those what, are slider, too. Uh, what are you, a high school I'm just saying, like, what they're going to be saying. And I'm sure the White Sox in arbitration, like, man, slider you've been throwing. You've been throwing it more than your fastball. Somewhere in tear on that arm. Jesus, you old man. Um, 15th <laughs> most innings uh, in, in Major League Baseball since uh, two, uh, 2021. Uh, so, I mean, there's your concern. I mean, I don't know. Uh, who do you think is the favorite right now? I, I don't think that there's any movement in this market. I don't think the Orioles seem to be that active or that interested in making a trade. They have all the ammo in the world. It seems like they would wait for the price to be perfectly right, and they could just keep waiting. Um, the Braves 
seemingly are just getting their reps in for trades. Goodness um, gracious. I, I don't know what, I mean, they, they've worked out their relationship before. I mean, they made the, 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 uh, the Aaron Bummer trade. Mm-hmm. And the Max Stassi trade. And the Max Stassi trade. I just, I don't think that the Braves are serious about actually acquiring Dylan Cease. I don't think that, like, I don't know what the Braves are doing, period. Well, the Braves, the Braves, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the Braves uh, package that they would offer back in the White Sox mind would feature major league, not just ready, major league players, right? I mean, the Braves, the way the Braves organization is set up, all their best talent is already there. That's mm-hmm. why they're winning more games than anybody in the National League. Um, whereas teams like the Orioles, teams like the Dodgers uh, have – uh, more depth throughout the minor league system, even if it is at the upper levels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure the White Sox would be interested in both of those things. So I'm not saying the White Sox would discount any any of those offers, but maybe the Braves are happy with their with those guys being on their major league roster. Whereas you might start to see uh, because there are just so many prospects, L.A., Baltimore. Maybe there's some roadblocks in certain areas. Usually, when you're uh, a team. Uh, with, with a ton of prospects, you make it work when the best the, for the best player to be on your major league team. <laughs> Are the Braves allowed to trade Renato Lopez? Are they allowed to trade him? Yeah. Like, does he have a no trade contract? No, no, but like, to, like signing him and then allowed to trade him? Like, is it allowed because they after just signed signing him. him? I don't know. I don't think you. Why can. wouldn't Why wouldn't it be allowed? I think that's like a thing in the NBA. Like, you can't sign a guy and then trade him right away. Yeah, it wasn't the, the December fifteenth that uh, the Bulls could sign or trade. Uh, Zach Levine away, but yeah, it'd be really dumb if you just signed a dude and say, "Hey, be our starting pitcher," or try to be our starting pitcher. It's like, eh, fuck that, get out of here. They're just acquiring pieces. Jared Kelnick uh, and Reynaldo Lopez is going to headline the Dylan C. Steel and maybe throw in Vaughn Grisham, Grisham uh, Bryce Alder, and there you go. This that's really that's your trade deal, deal for the White Sox. They get so much more. So yeah, much yeah. more. And that's, that's the thing also, too. Remember, as we've got more people in the comments asking for the uh, Orioles' top position players. Just go get the White Sox need pitching. Pitching will come back in this deal if it happens. Yeah, Justin. Yes. Uh, I think uh, to answer Justin's question in the comments, uh, get Kierstad and Kowser and two pitchers from the Orioles. I think they'd like to. Oh, they would. I don't. The button, I, the button I, would already been hit. I don't think that they've been offered that, and that's why that deal hasn't been done. They've hit the button on Kierstad and Kowser. They um, don't even need the pitchers after that. They'll find a way to work it out. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break. Uh, we're going to go into ComEd Theater, uh, let you know about new electric vehicles. Uh, but, uh, two, may- maybe we should play a game coming up. Uh, what teams aren't in on Dylan Cease? What teams can we actually uh, rule out? Well, uh, I think what, the Oakland A's. Well, I was going to good good starting <laughs> spot. You. But uh, I, I think what I was going to mention, too, as we went through the, the teams who have obviously been included in those reports, Watch the Yamamoto sweep, sweepstakes and see who loses mm-hmm. because the, the teams who miss out on Yamamoto still need pitching. They still want top-flight pitching. They were willing to pay an awful lot of money for it. They might be willing to pay a lot in prospects, too. Um, I don't know how all the farm systems compare with each other, but a team that has been eyeing pitching and free agent everything and has only gotten so far San Francisco Giants mm-hmm. they might be interested in 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 Cease uh, also we've got uh, both the Yankees and the Mets going after Yamamoto Yamamoto is only going to go one place and it might be the Dodgers like everybody else is going so if you got both New York teams looking for pitching remember them too yeah uh, hopefully for the White Sox sake it's the Mets signing Yamamoto because that makes the Dodgers hungrier that makes the Braves hungrier, that makes the Orioles hungrier, teams that are already in on it. Like, the Mets won't be acquiring Dylan Cease. They seem like a team that's more, like, spending money on free agents. So I think, like, that might be the best scenario for the Sox is if the Mets sign Yamamoto. Isn't it better if the Yankees sign him? Then you have the Orioles like, mm, we got to do something. They got a top-flight pitcher there. And Juan Soto. And, yeah, now we need to move the next move to the next thing. Yes, we're getting Jackson Holiday playing shortstop, but that's not going to stop us because when we got to the playoffs, we got killed because our starting pitcher was garbage. That's fair. I, I, and with the, with the Mets, too, you wonder, is the would a Yamamoto deal make more sense for them because it's longer term? Are they even going to be ready to be <clears throat> top of the, that division in, in two years when Cease, before Cease becomes a free agent? I mean, we all thought so last year, and then they instantly – Got rid of everybody, and Alonzo's going to go to free agency too. Like, where do the Mets even sit in a division that is not only being controlled by the Braves, but keeps featuring the Phillies going to the NLCS every year? So, well, the Marlins went <laughs> to the playoffs question. too. 
Goodness gracious. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Well, it, Mets probably thinking that should have been them. Uh, and hey, they get Edwin Diaz back, so you know they'll be able to close out games. So there you go. They'll need a lead. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe they'll be an opener. Uh, it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being for all of us who share it. You know, you're right, Sean. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow, a great, big, beautiful electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. What should business owners do, Vinny? That's a great question, Sean. What they should do is go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you, yes, you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. They're good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Sean, when you walked in the door and took your ear uh, plugs out of your ears so you could hear better, that was a good idea because that's exactly what I said. Now go and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and better future for generations to come. I only wear my earplugs when I'm sleeping. So, I mean, I took those out this morning, to be fair. Well, good so, job. Thank you. If uh, you were still wearing them, you wouldn't have heard my uh, comed.com slash clean so crystal clearly. What? I <laughs> uh, want to let you know about our friends over here all week. FOCO, uh, get fitted in the best sports gear around. They got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. And in between us are two beautiful FOCO bobbleheads. We got the Southpaw and the TA1. So go check out FOCO.com. That's it. Foco.com. Um, <laughs> it's not baseball season anymore, uh, but they got lovely, lovely gifts uh, for maybe a, a post-Christmas party. You know, may, maybe you, like I got a family party on the 29th, right? Because it's, uh, you know, Christmas on a Monday. Maybe you, maybe your holiday of, winter holiday of choice is Elvis's birthday. Yeah, that's yeah. true. There, there you go. Um, so get fit in the best sports, sports gear around. Check out Foco.com uh, or click the link in the description below. For all non-preset items, use the promo code chgo 10 for 10% off. January 16th? January 8th. 8th, okay. Mm. Uh, for online pre-sale items, use the promo code CHGO10 for 10% off. Uh, let's go to the final mailbag question here. Uh, and it's from the Discord chat because this wasn't really a question this directed a group, to this a group us. Eff- this was a group effort? This was a group conversation that well, was thanks, happening. Thanks, everyone. And I said, hey, why, why shouldn't we just have this on the, the, the podcast? Should MLB implement a deadline to force players to sign earlier? Uh, from the Discord chat. Uh, obviously, not a lot of movement happening. We thought that Otani would be the big domino that fell, and there hasn't been much that has fallen since. Yamamoto has a deadline. He won't Self-imposed. Be, he, no, it's uh, the KBO. Oh, it's a uh, window. Uh, Jap- Japanese yes. rules. Yes, yes. Yeah. So they'll be able to uh, uh, talk until January 4th, or he has to make his decision until January 4th, and if he doesn't make a decision, he goes back to the KBO. Um, Japan. Japan, sorry. Uh, got Eric Fetty on the mind. Um, should a deadline be imposed for free agency? Should it? No. I, I don't think it should be. That being said, Herb, we talked about this uh, yeah, we uh, a couple weeks ago, and I think the thing that we came to was if you wanted to do it, it would have to be very focused i think it would have to be pretty strict you know it couldn't just be like all right everybody wrap this up by new year's and and go about your business i think it would have to be a much smaller window something that was you know maybe limited to like a week or something like that i mean remember the reason that the nba and the nhl's free agency are like they are is because those leagues have salary caps and and baseball doesn't have that there's only a certain amount of money that all those players can make in those other sports baseball Keep negotiating because it can just go up, up, and up. Uh, and so that's why you're seeing that if you wanted to change it to, so there'd be a deadline for strictly entertainment purposes, it would it would be, have to be a complete and entire overhaul of the way that they do this uh, in the winter or in the off season, I should say, because um, the way it goes now, it's it's based on all those negotiations dragging out. I don't think it's personally a bad thing. I think you could argue that there's entertainment to be had from the the dribs and drabs, the the daily drama that might uh, focus. You know, get yourself why why give yourself just one week of Otani headlines when you can have two months worth of Otani mm-hmm. headlines, kind of thing. Um, but uh, if you are somebody who's looking for simply 
transactions to occur, uh, you're going to need to have a completely new set of rules and regulations. And I think it's better for the player if they do sign before a certain period of time. So a deadline would be good for them. I've been sticking back in the past where, who was it? Craig Kimbrell, uh, Dallas Keuchel, signed late. And those years were pretty much washed or not yeah, even They that. didn't sign till the All-Star break, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then late guys like in 2019, even in February, it was like Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. Mm-hmm. They year, didn't have bef- the, year before that, you Darvish. Yeah. They didn't have great years like those years. Those 19 years weren't great years for those, <coughs> excuse me, for those guys, especially Machado. So I think having the plan of where am I going to be, where am I going to be living at in December is much better than February. Oh, man. I got to go to spring training. Now I got to go and play, find a spot in San Diego. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not COVID. It's just. You're good. It better you, not Flynn. be. Are you diving? <laughs> no, it's just like. Flynn. Um, yeah. And so you need to know exactly where you want to be. And I think that's that peace of mind leads to peace of mind on the field, your family, all that good stuff. And I think it's better for the player to know where they're going to be before Christmas. They say that all the time. And if you don't know where you're going to be for Christmas. Now you're just thinking like in January, like a team is thinking like Tim Anderson, who's out there right now, where am I going to play? And now he's going to be trying to be desperate as I use that 2 a.m. type of uh, scenario always. Like, oh, I guess I got to go to this team because that's the only team that's offering me money instead of being comfortable of where you're going to be going because you've already had two months to think about it and not just pulling at scraps of that's on the, on the scrap heap. So I think it would be much better for the sport, the player, everybody involved if they actually had you have to sign by this date or else it's all just multi or just single year deals well we'd have to debate like what's better for uh, for players having a salary cap and then that way being able to impose a deadline per se because then it's just less about the money and less about eking as much money out of owners as possible it's just this is where i want to go live this is the team that i think is going to help me the best like i, I mean there's a, the CBA expires in 2026. Come 2026, will we see a salary cap? So then we can no, fix they'll this. Never do that. No. They shouldn't do it. Why? Why would they never do that? The players, because it 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 limits payment. Like you won't get 700 million dollars ever again, and that's what the players want. They want unlimited funds, and that's smart for MLB to have and the players to have unlimited funds. Now the competitive balance tax acts as a de facto salary cap to teams like the White Sox. So you have teams like the White Sox, teams like everybody. Every team. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And you see this year, the Padres are trying to get underneath yeah. that competitive balance tax because they don't have the money to pay for all the people. So it's acting like a salary cap as you want it to, but also there's also a unlimited money available for teams like the Dodgers, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think that... Maybe players get a little bit more of a baseline, though. I mean, that's what I think the NBA provides is, hey, you you have given this much experience, you would get this amount. I mean, I don't know if that would then just weed out older players, though. But the NBA, you could see, like, people making $40 million are not equal. Like, Zach Levine's not equal to other guy making $40 million in the same league. But they have a cap. They have a super max and a max deal. Baseball, you don't need that. You need to have the levels of, this is Shohei Itani's money. This is other people's money because he's that guy. And you wouldn't want to have Shohei Itani just making the top salary in baseball allowed with another guy who's not as good as Shohei Itani, not doing the things that Shohei Itani does. So I'm glad that baseball doesn't have a salary cap. Make all the money that you can make. And if you're that good in the market, go ahead and do it. Zach Levine makes money because the Bulls didn't want to lose him. He's not a max player. He just got that money because the Bulls otherwise would just lose him for nothing. So the Bulls had to give him money. Now well, they're looking to trade him. And, and, this, and this question is obviously two very different questions. We've spent a lot of time here talking about what would be best for the people who are actually involved in this. I think what would be best for the people who are actually involved in it is to keep it the way it is. You're asking it. Other folks are asking it from a what would be more entertaining for fans to have experience during the offseason. They want news on their favorite player signing with their favorite team, and they want a way to make that happen faster and louder perhaps. Um, but those are two contrasting ideas. The the Baseball is an entertainment product the games are an entertainment product. 
you know, and the NBA has done a great job of making everything that isn't the entertain or the game and entertainment product too. But when it comes to the financial engine that powers everything that goes on, the way that it's set up is probably the best way to do it. Well, Even though I'm sure the folks who are out, try, out there trying to build rosters would like to have this done as quickly as possible. Again, the people who are making the money and, and, and spending the money, I guess you would say, this is the way that it works for them, and they're the ones with the power. Yeah, and I, I think, too, uh, like I've even seen people with the NBA kind of gotten deflated a bit because now the process is known so come that midnight mm-hmm. guys are just signing with teams right away so it's like oh started and it's over so right. like do, do, do you then yeah, yeah right. do, do you then limit it a little bit i mean like um, think think about for us <laughs> we've got we've got five shows a week yeah right for the entire off season just do you do you really want it to all be over in one day? No, I mean, hey, we, we're gonna we're, we're gonna probably be in this state until January fourth, until uh, Yamamoto signs, and then after that, it's gonna really explode and open up. According to what Kylie McDaniel and uh, Jeff Passan, eight teams have not offered any money or haven't signed any money this offseason, including the Cubby. That's fun. The Yankees too. Isn't that fun? They're, they're trying to offer money though. Yeah, I mean, they got Juan Soto, so I mean, they're at least trying to do something. Um, all right, if you do want to join our Discord, uh, head over to allchgo.com. You can become a diehard today. It's our CHGO Lounge, a diehard Discord. Uh, when you do sign up, you get a free T-shirt. Uh, I'm wearing mine today. Herb's wearing one of his today as well. Uh, we got hats on the store as well. Um, and you get access to... Uh, f- oh, we should probably just do a diehard read. I thought that's what you were doing. I thought you were taking it off my plate. That's what I thought we were doing. I guess too. I should just do that. Um, <laughs> you get premium access to uh, certain articles, uh, and You're so smooth with it. I guess, but I kind of forgot. I was kind of I threw it to Vinny to take over. I guess um, you got to pull up the read. I don't discounted know. events also, Sean. You discounted events that too. So yes. uh, you'll get access to all the events that we've got coming up, and at a discounted price. Discount on all that sweet uh, T-shirt and hat-related merchandise you were talking about as well and we got you diehards covered uh for chicago sports like uh the bulls are gonna have a pregame show coming up at 5 30 so we got uh pre and post game shows hawks when watch season. party coming up what tomorrow right yes yeah. broken hawks barrel, watch 6 party 30. tomorrow yeah 6 30 mm-hmm. um broken barrel broken barrel uh and then i mean we got bears coverage they were on for two and a half hours after yesterday's game yeah they do uh, happy hours sometimes so diehard exclusive so get in there you get to talk to those guys personally and sometimes we do one too yeah. you can you can find all the information on getting yourself that sweet diehard box uh over at allchgo.com you even could have had the the sweet lean of western kentucky to cover three and a half in the second half uh, as i dropped that in the sports betting uh, chat which obviously people want this is know? basketball what are we talking about this is football oh uh, they're yeah, playing a bowl season. game right yes. now Ugh. they're playing the bahamas bowl in charlotte right now the elks grove village bahamas wait, bowl? wait. yes sir say it again they're playing the bahamas bowl in charlotte right now wait Charlotte, Bahamas. That's a suburb? Nope. Okay. No, it's okay. just uh, it's Herb, a... Herb, you miss it while you had COVID. Charlotte moved to the Bahamas. Okay. I was wondering. I was like, God damn. North Charlotte. Carolina made a big trade. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to the Bahama Bowl in Charlotte. <laughs> they got... <laughs> That's terrible, man. They got rid of Chapel Hill. Just call it the Carolina Bowl. Garbage Bowl. Whatever you want to call it. The well, Belk Bowl. So the thing is, is that it's still the Bahamas Bowl, uh, but the Bahamas Bowl field wasn't ready. So it's kind of like Carlos Zambrano pitching a no-hitter in Milwaukee uh, against the Astros. Remember how mad the Astros were about that? No. So this was because of the hurricane mm-hmm. that hit Houston. So so the commissioner made the decision to move the, that Cubs-Astros series to Milwaukee. The Astros were in a playoff chase. Mm. They, uh, I believe, were swept perhaps, or lost that series to the Cubs, kind of ended their chances of making the playoffs. So they made T-shirts that said, Bud screwed our season. Damn. But that's course. crazy. <laughs> but what year is that? Always excuses. Oh, wait, right, I think, yeah. Is it? Oh, always excuses with them. The Astros? Yeah. Those cheating, cheap losers? Hey, when they got, got over to the American League, they started winning. That National League Astros outfit, not good. I mean, they made the World Series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Promptly got <laughs> dismissed. 10 Ks. For, uh, for Zambrano and that no-hitter. I was so close to going to that game. I remember it was a Sunday night, and I was like, mm, should I go? Milwaukee's great. I love that place. And then I just didn't pull the trigger. Me and my guy, Matt Weber, didn't go. And I was like, damn it, I could have saw a no-hitter for the first time ever. Still haven't seen one. Still okay. pissed. So they went on a six-game winning streak, and then that game was those games were moved to Milwaukee. Evan, they lost five straight, but 
them saying Bud screwed their season, maybe it's just maybe they're in it. I guess they were in it in the wild card. They were eight and a half games back. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the, the Cubs led the NL and wins that year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, man. I mean, they finished 86 and 75. Like, you just didn't do enough. Playoffs you should have just year, been better. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Oh, I got to do a read. Yeah, you do. Um, Want to let you know about our friends over at Ray Auto. Our partner at Ray Chevy is having uh, the biggest sale of the year right now as my nose starts to bleed. Oh, oh no. That's fun. Uh-oh. What the why hell you, is going on Why don't you pass that podcast? one off to her? Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? Everybody's having problems here. <laughs> All right, Ray Chevy. Our partner at Ray Chevrolet is having their biggest sale of the year right now. Make your way to Ray Chevrolet in Route 12 in Fox Lake to join the savings for their model year in del- model year in sales event. And one of the top selling Chevy dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicago Land's largest Chevy inventories. But right now, they're trying to make more room for the incoming 2024 models. So their entire current inventory must go. Plus, you can find the perfect tailgate vehicle at Ray Chevy because they have over 100 new Silverados in stock. And that's not all. You get 0% financing with $0 down and zero payments till spring of 2024. Or save over $3,000 on a new Chevy Blazer, $4,000 on an Equinox, or over $10,000 on a Silverado. And to top it all off, they're pricing over 120 vehicles under $20,000. Seriously, guys, can pricing get more affordable? What you need to do. I know everyone loves the word free. And that's what you'll get this month at Ray Chevy at Fox Lake. A free oil change. All you need to do is mention CHGO when scheduling your oil change online or on the phone. Better hurry. The exclusive offer ends December 31st, 2023. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevy.com to get your model in model year in savings. They've been serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. All right. Should we wrap this up? Sean is coming back, but no, you can just come on. I can just wrap this up, Sean. That's Vinny Duber. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. I would have liked to think that I could have pulled that off, nope. just listing our names and Twitter handles. But all right, you know, I got a, I got, a, I got that dog in me. Uh, I'll, I'll get through this. You got a Kleenex in you. That's for sure. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Ectorall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader, and I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sarah for producing the show, and thank you to for Herb for uh, bailing me out of that read. See you tomorrow. Goodbye. We all silly like the mayor. 